Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football-specific podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. I'm in a fantastic mood. It is Saturday night, and I pulled the ultimate dad move. I was able to get a baby and a toddler down within 15 minutes of each other. I told you as you walked in. That the is door, impressive. I'm thinking about running to the holiday gas station and buying a lottery ticket because that shit don't happen normally. I am also in a great mood, but for different reasons altogether. Yeah. Well, sure. f- first of all, the Illinois basketball team won today, so I feel like today, you know, I can finally let myself accept the fact that they don't suck anymore. Like, sure, it's a sucky. I can see clearly. That's right. Now the rain is I mean, gone. it's it's still a sucky season, but they finally have got out of the suckiness, I think. And the shocker, I, you're never going to believe this, but it's a really young Illinois team. Yeah, but I, it looked I, like Rutgers is too, by the way. They okay. they they look actually pretty decent. Yeah, I got to say. But there's another reason I'm in a great mood. I had you ever have one of those days where you have so much fun, you do something that's so much fun that like it reminds you that you can still have fun as an adult. Like, you have so much fun, you feel like a kid again. That was me last night. I went to a concert. It was not the Eric Church concert, who's in town right now. I went to see Cherub last night, which is one of my favorite bands, but it's a young people band. Okay, I got turned on to them from... But, Kurt, you're not a young people. No, I'm not. But I got turned on to them from some of the younger kids at the gym that used to play it all the time. So I go see them every time they're in town. And so one one of the one of the people that was going that that we knew was having a pre party. So we went to this pre party. It's all these mid twenties people's people, right? And me and the wife. And so we stuck out like a sore thumb because we only knew like a handful of people there, and everyone's looking at us like, "Oh, whose parents are here? Like, why are they here?" And then so we hung out for a couple hours. We start leaving to go to the show, and some people look at us and go, "Oh, you're going to the concert?" <laughs> we're like, "Yeah, we're going to the concert." <laughs> Hold on, it gets better. So then, um, so we're, you know, it's just fun being around younger people, actually, even though they're millennials and, you know, we always talk down about it. It was just cool to be around all their energy and everything. And so we're hanging out with this one couple in particular. At one point in the night, they're like, you know, I think it's really cool that you guys are hanging out with us. (laughs) So at at that point, I realized we're a novelty act, like for the whole group here. So we, there was like 20 of us and all went together. We went up. Did you enjoy the moon landing? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So we all go up and we're on the, we're on the balcony. So we're at, it's at First Avenue, Prince's, uh, you know, you've been there, right? Yep. Prince's um, uh, venue. (laughs) You know what? Last time I was in there, I was in my 20s. Really? It's been that long. Oh, yeah. So anyway, we're up in the balcony where not as much action takes place. It's all general admission, but like on the floor, that's where the craziness happens. And I just couldn't help myself. I went down the floor by myself and just got lost in there. And I was I was singing. I was oh yeah. I was jumping up and down. I was pumping my fists. I was so my I'm my voice is all scratchy right now because I was just I was I just I didn't know that was still in blast. I, I didn't either. I had so much, fun. and then I come back upstairs. So the wife, I had left left the wife uh, on the balcony. I come upstairs, and I was like, I had so much fun down there. So it was a great night. I was Big Kurt was young again. Good for, for you, man. if only for a night. Hey, it was that's awesome. All, that's all it takes. Yeah, you could take the next six months off now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, also, kind of fun stuff going on is the AAF. Football league. Oh man! And what a kickoff to this thing, huh? <laughs> so, the two not things literally because they have no kickoffs. Right, but. right. Oh, nice work. Um, the two things that stuck out to me the most on the comedic side 
was the did you did you see the Mike Riley pregame? Oh boy, <laughs> I you know I tweeted out that's what a trip to the dentist would be in pregame speech form. Did you see the players just like there was absolutely no reaction whatsoever? <laughs> they were they were embarrassed for him. Yeah, what, I think what so. My thought process is um, I, I think it's a horrible idea to have those pregame speeches. I've never listened to one that actually was good. Have you? I mean, I've listened to good pregame speeches, but not but on TV. No, they don't typically come across. No, they, you got to be you got to be in the team and in the locker room. Yeah. You know, like there's there's I, things that can be referenced. You know, I don't know. I think when coaches see the the the, the camera on them, they they kind of freeze up and they're not they're not being themselves no because huh. it's just like anything else i mean when we first started recording the podcast it took us a while just to like sure. chill out a little bit but obviously when you when you're on tv you're going to double think what you're trying to say um but my guess is mike riley does not give good pregame speeches <laughs> in any capacity. no i think that's probably pretty typical of a mike riley uh the other speech. thing was that hit my god oh, man. that quarterback got cream he did and we all had the same reaction okay where's here the, comes flag? the flag and we're like oh that's right we're not watching the no fun league so they, that was that was awesome. i knew nothing about the rules before i turned the game on and so i just i saw the hit and i didn't even get excited because you're just programmed now you can't hit someone hard and it's going to be a flag so i just you know no reaction and then i there was a five second pause and then i jumped up and started cheering because there was no flag Correct. it was incredible so that little situation there no flags on vicious hits yep a vicious clean hit, by the way. Vicious clean hit. And then my idea, if I don't, you know, I don't mean to break my arm patting myself on the back here, but <laughs> if they put this league on HBO or short Showtime, for that matter, had all the mics going that they did, but allowed all the swearing, because they were, you could tell they were doing the little pause, yeah. silent thing okay. over and over again, because they had to, you know, bleep out people yeah. swearing. But to be able to get into the huddles and onto the, the sideline, with the coaches talking, the players interacting, swearing yep. at each other, getting animated, It'd that be awesome. would be a blast. It'd be amazing. And I, I'm I'm already impressed by it. If they did that, I, people would flock to this league. And it's not like they're going to overtake the NFL or anything, but the NFL would have to pay attention to that and, and say, maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe here. we should make some changes. Yeah. To, um, and then I, I could have took a line on this game. I, I had somebody oh. told me on Twitter that uh, I guess San Antonio was favored by four, so they must have kind of bumped. <laughs> okay. Dang it. All right. Anyways. All right. So uh, format for this podcast is we're pretty much just going to go through a smorgasbord of housekeeping items. Um, there's a couple of fun ones to point out at the end, and then we will go through our final three-team post views. We've hit uh, uh, 11 teams so far. Then we'll do our last three teams which is Michigan, Nebraska, and Rutgers. Sounds good. All right, on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping. Have you seen what's going on in Illinois here? Ooh. There's always something going on. Always something going on. A lot of changes here. Well, first of all, they hired Kinoto Hudson from Florida Atlantic as, as their cornerbacks coach. I think it's a good hire. It looks like he's a good recruiter. He'll probably be covering Florida for um, Illinois in the recruiting trail. Uh, Lovey Smith takes over as a defensive coordinator. Not exactly what I wanted, but that's that's what that's where we are. Percentage of Illinois fans that aren't happy with that. I would say most are against. Most wanted a college-proven defensive coordinator. But you've literally either texted, tweeted, or said that to me f roughly forty-two times yeah. since the end of the season. But no one was outraged about that. What everyone was outraged is what I'm about to say next. 
he hired his son, Miles Smith, to coach linebackers. So essentially, Lovey is now the head coach, the linebackers coach, and the defensive coordinator, which I just don't think is a good idea. But I mean, just forget about the nepotism part of it. Point being is you're saying his son is completely unqualified. for. He's totally unqualified. He's been a, a defensive quality control assistant with the Tampa Bay Bucks when Lovey Smith was the head coach. Oh That's God. really all he has. I saw one rogue tweet from a Illini fan that said, hey, what's next? Lovey's wife coaches the old line or right. something along the lines of that. So Luke Buckus, that brings me to the next one, has left for the Green Bay Packers. He was our offensive line coach, did a great job this last year, um, not to mention Thad Ward. So I just found out today that it sounds like morale is really low and Buckus left because he wanted to leave. He was sick of it. He wanted to get out of there. Uh, Thad was the same way, left on bad terms. Game over, man. It's game over. Yeah, things are not looking good. They also lose their strength and conditioning coach, Joey Bose, to the Bengals, which is actually a step up. He probably left just because it's a better job. But things are not looking good in Champaign right now. Yikes. Okay, so back to uh, Miles Smith. When you're so bad last year on defense, you need all the coaching you can get. So why would you throw away an assistant role? And what I had said to you was he is literally handing the shovels to people that want him out of Champaign to dig his own grave. And, okay, now, what do you think of this? When... So Miles was an interim head coach this past year because they lost two defensive guys. So they had two interim guys on staff. The athletic department released a statement at that time and said, these guys are interim. They're temporary. We will conduct a full search at the end of the year. Meanwhile, this is a really late hire. So what do you th- – I'm starting to think, Lovey went out there and scrubbed and nobody wanted the job because there's a good chance you're there for one year. And you – yeah, so that's I think actually, that's actually a good point. I think he might have just settled. I mean, I initially thought, oh, well, he he hired his son because he wanted to, and I thought about it for a couple of days. I think he couldn't hire anyone. I'm sorry, man. I'm getting depressed now. Let's keep. Let's. I'm always on. depressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Michigan loses Pep Hamilton, quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator to the XFL of all places. That was weird. So Ben McDonald takes over quarterbacks. But is this this? After I thought about it, this isn't really a big surprise here. I mean, no. he, they, they had they had too many cooks in the kitchen as yeah. far as offensive philosophies. And my, he he just did not fit anymore. Yeah, running back Chris Evans. You see this? The team announces he is no longer a member of this football team, and then he tweets out, "Oh no, I'm still on the team. I'm just having some some grade issues right now." But apparently, he's not going to be back next year. At least that's what I think is going to happen. Bye bye, Captain America. Yeah, that's right. Captain America. Maryland, uh, fire up the portal, can you? QB, Kasim Hill, enters the portal to the surprise of nobody in particular. Rutgers hires Colby Smith, running backs coach, formerly at Louisville, and had worked with Chris Ash at Arkansas when he was there. Uh All right, moving on to, okay, how about this one? Hey, real quick, though. Sure. Kasim Hill was a a blast to watch when he was healthy. He was healthy last year. But you think he wasn't 100 percent? Yeah, um, I, I'm just saying that was a guy that you saw flashes of good stuff. Yeah, that he could. But and it seems they're recruiting well right now at quarterback. So I think he probably got the the, yeah. the message and, right. and took off. All right. Stephen A. Smith. ESPN guy, of course. 
on whatever his show's. I don't even know what his show is called. Nope, uh, neither do I. I, I don't watch it. It is a show on ESPN that Stephen A. Smith is allowed to talk on to. Made a genius comment of Dwayne Haskins is more of a runner than a passer, which, of course, blew up social media because it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard I, any I, analyst say about any player. So I had thought about this a lot. I was thinking, I believe on one of our, you know, way previous pods, mm-hmm. middle of the season, where I believe we talked out loud and said, it would be kind of interesting to see Dwayne Haskins run the ball a little bit we more. We were kind of look- hoping for that early yeah, like, in the could, season. Could they bring that, you know, that that wrinkle into the we offense? We thought maybe they were holding them back or, from running. Or some sort of conspiracy theory that he is trying to prove to everybody yep. that he can chuck the ball, sure. which I think he got the point right. across. Um, but when he started point running... point being is that we actually outwardly spoke about how Dwayne Haskins does no running, but Stephen A. Smith said that he's more of a running quarterback. Well, and also that when he did run, he wasn't as athletic as it seemed like Ohio State people were were kind of touting him as as more of a dual threat guy, and he's just really not. Yeah. Um, So I I thought on Stephen A. Smith, and I I believe there is basically – there's two philosophies on why – Stephen A. Smith would would say this. I guess there's three. Well, I, I think I, I know. I'm going to do three. It, but go okay, ahead. I'm going to do the the three, and you tell me. Okay. All right. Number one, clicks. That's that was my first impression. That's he's that's just what doing everybody's it for person. Yeah. Impri- okay. So it very much could be one or two. If it could be one, two or three, but it 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 very much could be that. Number two is this. This is the the. I, I relate almost all this stuff to business and sales. Yep. Okay. This is how I would describe it. Um, you know when there's like a young salesperson and he or she is just totally driven, you know, yep. like sure. knocking on door. Or you, should, you should be. You know, you should yep. be. If you're not, then get out. But and, and you're trying to learn all you can and you're following up and you're doing everything. And then, I don't know, roughly five or six or years in with the company in the role, you're kind of – you got things going. Yep. You're still doing your okay. job or whatever. But then you get even further down – the road and you just get lazy okay where you don't even really prepare for a meeting greek are you describing me (laughs) (laughs) i am looking right at you as i'm saying this and everything you say i'm like check 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 we've all been there i hope my boss isn't listening (laughs) he's not um Anyways, you get to the point where you're just you just show up at the sales meeting and yeah. you're just like, I'll just talk out loud and it'll work out. I've yeah. been here a thousand times. I'm thinking maybe that's Stephen A. Smith. He 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 doesn't even he's not even trying to look into this stuff. I mean he clearly, if he believes that, has never seen one single play of, of Dwayne Haskins. Which brings me to my third possibility. He's just that dumb. Maybe, maybe he just has an opinion on everything, regardless of whether he knows anything about it. Oh my gosh. It was fun. I feel yeah. like it's clicks, though. And yeah. then he doubled down on it. Right. Kind of so on this Twitter. This is just how I feel. Yeah. This is, these are my thoughts. Which is probably 10 times as stupid as the original thing he said, because he, he must have gone back and looked at some. Somebody some, showed him some somebody, yeah, stats. Must or, have. Please watch this one game. And yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, all right. Next one. Okay. Moving on. This is a big one. Justin Fields, quarterback, declared eligible for the 2019 Ye- season at Ohio State. Yawn. I Meaning think we knew this was we, going everyone, to every, everybody it, would that even 
even remotely follows college football knew that he was going to be eligible. And everybody knew that was going to happen, and everybody knows it's BS, yet somehow it still happens. Well, okay. I'm not so sure I would call it BS. Why not? As far as the Justin Fields example in itself. Yeah. My point is, what is BS and what isn't BS? I don't know what I'm looking at here. What There are no rules. It's helter-skelter right okay, now. Okay, so I think this opens Pandora's box. How can they deny anybody of a transfer I agree with point? that. I agree with that. I, and I, I don't know how they, they can or can't. And I'm I'm starting to think that they're not going to. Everybody's going to be deemed uh, deemed. Ah, and that's just such a mistake. So, But, but there are a, a ton of college football minds out there that do not agree with you on this. They are flat oh, I know. out. Jerry Denardo is one of them. He is. I've had my little dust-ups with Jerry on, on the Twitters. Um, it is the general thought process of if a coach can move around and do whatever he wants, why can't a player? Well, because coaches aren't players and players aren't coaches. <laughs> okay, I agree. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I mean, I don't I want to go it would too be deep better podcasting if we disagreed, but the problem is, is I feel like there should be I, th- I feel like you should be penalized if you if you move. So you, I'm not I'm not calling these guys quitters. No, okay? they're not. Like, no, no, no. I'm not. If, if I'm that's not. I I feel like you just go right into that. You're sure. put right into that box of you know calling a player. I'm not calling a player no. quitter. I understand that there are times. I think they should be able move. to transfer. You, I, I've moved from jobs. It doesn't make me sure. a quitter from the role I was in before. Right. I get it. But in this case, I believe yes, you should sit out. Yeah, I, I think everyone should have the right to transfer, but there's got to be some sort of penalty associated to dis- dissuade people a little bit. You made a great point in one of the earlier casts that schools put a tremendous amount of resources into each one of these players, recruiting them, developing them. I mean, it, by the time a, a guy's there throughout his career, it's it's literally hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars per individual. So now you can't block transfers to any school. So Let's say school A recruits a guy, develops him for three years, and then he goes to your your rival that you've got to play next year. So that's not right. No, it's not. And I believe there should be easy rules. Okay? So how about this? I just kind of came up with this while you were talking just now. Okay. Here are the rules. Okay? All right. Let's hear it. This is this is Commissioner Greek's yes. transfer rules. This is the transfer rules. Okay. 100% every player that transfers sits out one year. Okay. And every player that transfers cannot transfer in conference or to a, a team that is on that uh, their current team schedule in the next two years. I feel it just on on the team schedule is what the what for it the next be. two years for for however long that player is going to be at the school. Okay, you can block them. You, you should. I think have. I think it would be even easier to just make it a hard number like two years or three years. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Just I make see it, that. make it, make it simple. Sure, Keep okay. it simple, stupid. It's yeah. either two years or three years. And because a lot of times the schedules don't even go out past two years as far as non-con for that amount. Yep. But if you, that's it. There are repercussions. It will limit you on who you can go to in the transfer portal. I agree. So if you are a Big Ten player and you put yourself in the portal, that's fine. You know you are portaling out of Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm getting at here is maybe to a certain degree it would scare guys away because they understand they're going to have to go out of completely a different sure. geographical footprint that they're in. Well, I can tell you what. The direction we're going right now is wrong. Yeah, it's just helter-skelter. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Okay, moving on. Iowa, Gary Barta, <laughs> athletic director, 
is replacing Ohio State AD Gene Smith on the college football playoff committee. So I am now considering Iowa to be part of the axis of evil in college football. We are now enemies, Greek. And my immediate response was to question you and say, how am I supposed to feel about this? Because I'm still confused. I, I think if you're an Iowa fan, you get, you got to be happy about it. And, and as a Big Ten fan, I, you know, I'm going a little overboard because you do want Big Ten representation on this crappy committee if, there, if there's going to be one. Yeah, I, I, at first I did not know that he was replacing Gene Smith. Yeah. So that upsets me because I still feel like way too much of the committee is Southern-based as yeah. far as what their background is. Um, I wish it was Gary Barta along with Gene sure. Smith. I, I believe that there is a little bit of – Gene Smith believed he was hurting his own football program because he would have to recluse himself yeah, that's, from that's the argument yeah. when Ohio State is in the – if you can't have a voice in the room to yeah. argue for Ohio State it's to good get point. to the playoff, that's why, that's why Gene Smith probably asked himself to go. Um, am I shocked that Gary Bard is the one to replace him? Yeah, I'm shocked. Really? Yes. So tell me why. Well, I don't believe – I dislike Gary Barta uh-huh. as much as some Iowa fans do. Sure. Um, AD is usually an easy target, but... I'm not that impressed by Gary Barta. Yeah. The, the best way I can describe it is my guess is if uh, eight people were sitting around a table playing poker and he was one of them, mm. he would be one of the first people out of the table. Okay. That's just okay. it's the best way I can describe okay. Gary Barta. I'm not saying he's in... <laughs> an idiot or you know or anything sure. like that but that's my thought process um with that being said yes there is a certain amount of notoriety is the best way i guess i can describe it to the school that comes when you yeah. have an ad that's in it um i re- i mean i didn't know who jeff long was seven years ago no i didn't until, either you yep. know i knew I, and i remember thinking to myself okay he's the ad of arkansas or kansas and he's on the college football playoff committee and i remember thinking to myself yeah, well, he, must, was... he must be must be a well thought of person right. in order to get into that role. Sure, um, I, I had I, the same I, thought. I, and by the way, do we know anything about who and the process it is where they who go out these and, people? Yes, I I would like to know that. But the, true to form for this committee, it's not transparent at all. <laughs> it's just you know fits in with everything. Yeah, it's yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Okay, moving right along. Ooh. Auburn defensive tackle, Coinus <laughs> Miller, had an interesting tweet. i got to pull it up on my phone here. Earlier this week, so a little background here, five-star wide receiver George Pickens had been committed to Auburn and flipped to the University of Georgia on signing day. And here is what Coinus Miller, again, defensive tackle at Auburn, had to say. Crying emoji, knew this was coming. Better stop playing and drop that check. Everybody else doing it. Okay. This is my favorite sound drop. Um, I, I've never been able to figure out a time to put it in. Okay. So I'm just going to try it right here. I think Go it kind of fits. I don't even know what he just said. <laughs> if you know the Leroy Jenkins background, you'll, you'll get a Leroy Jenkins. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, dude, how many more tweets by SEC players, whether they're current or X, is it going to take when they are literally, literally talking about yeah. the bag man, bags of cash, getting that cash? How many times is it going to take until somebody goes, okay, maybe we should look into this a little bit? I just don't see 
anybody actively pursuing something like this unless something like some actual piece of evidence comes into the, you know, in, into the public. And then some, you know, it, it was out in the Twitter sphere for a while. Like, like for instance, the bag man for Cam Newton came out and started talking about it. Yeah. Um, the general thought process is, I believe, that majority of college football fans, I don't know what the percentage, thinks this just happens everywhere. Everybody's doing this. This is just right. the normal way of doing business. Okay, I, I'm a lot of this I'm drawing from my own mm-hmm. you know, memory. I was a recruited athlete yep. to a Big Ten school. Certainly not the caliber of player that would warrant a, a free tractor right. or a cash or something like yeah. that. But with that being said, I feel like I was plugged in enough to just talking to other athletes. Long story short, I don't think this happens everywhere. I believe it happens in roughly 13 out of 14 <laughs> SEC schools yeah. and a couple other random, you know, right. bigger name type of schools. Sure. It doesn't happen ever. That's just And it it only happens to the five-star and maybe higher four-star guys. I I I find it hard to believe three-star guys are getting paid to go to to different schools. I do too. Yeah. But with that being said, it's, it's a dumb comment. I can't believe you would come out and say it. Like how it just kind I, of, I know we're ta- I know we're talking about 18, 19, and 20-year-old players sometimes, yeah. but I don't know. It's just another draft. It just endorses everything that we always say about the Pretty SEC. Much. And that uh, concludes housekeeping. All right, that gets us into our final three-team post-view. We've already done Purdue, Wisconsin, Maryland, Penn State, Northwestern, Michigan State, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota, and that brings us to Michigan, Nebraska, and Rutgers. All right. So, before we get started, the the Big Kurt v. Yes. Jeffrey the Greek contest is... This is going to be the, the pinnacle of, of the podcast. Well, point. I mean, this is why everybody's listening right yeah. now. They want to know. Um, Big Kurt is leading 5-2... Yes. To four, an insurmountable lead. I, I'm going to yeah, throw in it there. It literally is. Um, Best we can do is tie. Yes. Okay. So here we go. Um, yes. Okay. We got Michigan. All right. So Jeffrey the Greek, eight and one in conference, mm-hmm. eleven and one overall. Mm. Big Kurt, seven and two in conference, nine and three over the overall. Actual eight and one. In conference, ten and two overall. So the overall record was right in between us, but okay. because I nailed the better conference, Big Ten, sure. Jeffrey the Greek gets the win, Damn. brings it to five, three, and four. First thing you think about two thousand eighteen Michigan Wolverines. Uh, first thing I'm going to mention is great season. I, don't you think? I mean, if you're a, Michigan, I was going to say the first thing I thought about was how destructive that defense was for. Okay. Essentially the whole year, which led to what was a very good season. So I don't want it to be negative because I'm sure Michigan fans are heartbroken at how, how the season ended up, right? But you look back at the season, and you've got to consider it a, a, a good season, a positive season, right? The only blip in the whole season, because they, they won one, two, three, four, five, six, ten seven, row, eight, right? nine, ten games in a row. Yeah. Okay. The only blip of 
concern in that entire 10-game run was yep. the Northwestern game. Right. Which was at Northwestern. At Northwestern. And what we learned by the end of the year was Northwestern was a pretty formidable football Yeah, at the game. time you kind of thought, oh, maybe Michigan's not as good as we think they can be. And, but then you realize later on how good Northwestern really was. So there that, you go. I mean, that, that was a good victory on the road. Um, during, in that run, they were laying waste to everybody that was on their schedule. Okay, so who do you think is – what was the high watermark of the season? I put down Penn State. That's what I have too. I mean, a 42-7 win versus Penn State, versus which is a team that won nine games in the year. It It is a – a quasi rival. I, I don't know if it's a, a full fledged. Well, rival. it was part of their self proclaimed revenge tour. Wisconsin, yes. Penn State, Michigan State, and Ohio State. I think were the four teams that they wanted to get revenge on. And so that you know that was probably their best win of the year. I think. And, and and another one that would probably be pointed out by Michigan fans was getting the green Sparty. Yeah, for sure. Hump. Now, what do you think about this though? The way that they absolutely destroyed and curb stomped Nebraska. I know it was early in the year when Nebraska wasn't a very good team, but boy, it, I mean, it was like it was almost scary to watch what they did to Nebraska that day. And we'll talk about this on the other side, I guess, for the next team. But I remember that was the day of the Iowa Wisconsin game. Okay. Um, so my brothers and I uh, went to my brother's house because he lives just north of Iowa City to watch that game before we head down to Iowa City for the night game. This was an 11 o'clock a.m. game. Mm -hmm. So we we kind of got late to my brother's house. Okay, The game had already started, and we were excited to kind of sit down and watch. Like, okay, well, maybe this will be a, a decent game sure. or whatever. I don't know. Like, it, 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 it was reminiscent of, like, a giant bear playing with a, a, yeah. a, a rabbit. I don't know. I Like, something... I, I, I've never seen a team get that. It was kind of like it was two different levels of competition, like almost like uh, a Division One team playing a Division Two team or something. When you picture exactly, when you picture a high level Division One team playing an FCS team, yeah, that's what you expect right. it to look like. It oftentimes does not. The FCS team puts up way more of a fight than you sure. thought. Yeah, I mean, it was. I've, I've never seen anything like that. So, Don Brown, I. He made a mistake there at Ohio State. He's just too stubborn, right? He didn't. Okay, so we've we've gone all the way through the winning part of the schedule. Now yeah. we're going to the obvious low point. Obvious low point is Ohio State, right? I I just don't understand why he wouldn't why he refused to adjust in that game. I remember you. I'm not sure that would. I matter. remember you and my older brother. Yeah. both texted me right. literally, literally within 30 seconds of each other. If Don Brown doesn't get out of this main defense, they're gonna <laughs> just, get they're gonna get crushed. But it was it was ridiculous. It was so obvious. So how, how could you just stick with that? I don't know. It, it because made no that's sense. their philosophy. And what, but that is almost a podcast in of itself. Is there you you cannot just change your philosophy and what your game plan is willy nilly because then you wind up like I'm sorry, but like Illinois, where it's just yeah. it looks different every week right. year to year. You have to have some sort of yeah philosophy that you stick True. with with that being said when you go when the pendulum swings way too back on the other way when you are going against which what it was an unbelievable stable of wide receivers yeah. that ohio state has oh, yeah that's that's what was the difference yeah, absolutely that, well and and, and Haskins, Haskins yeah. being able to pinpoint throw sure. but but they they're you can't uh put that all on 
you know, Lavert Hill and all the other cornerbacks at Michigan, yeah. really nobody could stay with those wide receivers no. all year long. No, Zone that's true. would have been the thing to at least make Haskins think about stuff a little bit before he just chucked the ball down the field. I would think so. Now, going the offensive side of the ball, I thought they did a good job progressing, getting better over the season. But I, I got to come back to Ken Khaki Pants beat a great team. He hasn't it, done it yet. And that's where I, 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 I put some sort of question out on Twitter. I can't remember exactly how I worded it, but it wasn't that – the big thing is that Jim Harbaugh can't win, quote unquote, the big game. Yeah. If you get to a Super Bowl, I'm sorry, but you've won a ton of big games. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a problem with Jim Harbaugh specifically, but Jim Harbaugh right now at Michigan has not won a big game. Let's be honest. But I don't believe this is my thought. I don't believe it's that he, quote unquote, can't win the big game. I believe it is that his offense doesn't have the ability to overcome. Yeah, that's a good point. Where there are He's a little time, too conservative. There are times when your defense just can't stop. Sure. And your offense has to respond right. to be able to win the game. That's a good point. That's I where, like that. so, so I believe it is a two type of situation. There's two fault or Two scenarios okay. that would bring in the flaw in the Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. thought process for, for how to build a team offense or whatever. The first one is if you have run into a, uh, a defense that is essentially as good as the defense you have, mm-hmm. where it just shuts down your offense and you might not win the game because you literally just couldn't score enough points. Yep. The other side of it is when you run into an offense that's so explosive. Yeah. I'm sorry, but even your amazing Don Brown coach defense can't stop them. Right. Your offense needs to have the ability to yeah. score, to actually have more points on the scoreboard. And, that's where the issue has been with Harbaugh. And that's really not who they are offensively. It's not It's not their identity. Which has led to, I believe, the changes yeah. that they made. Well, that's a good point. There have been a lot of changes. But I just want to reiterate, if you're, you didn't get to the college football playoff. I, I get it. It doesn't mean it was a failed season. Enjoy Certainly a great not ten a and two season. Before the season started, and this is what's crazy when you think about the the story the storybook that is a season, and I mean this for any team, right? Mm-hmm. Before the season started, if you can remember, it was kind of Jim Harbaugh on the hot, like hot a little seat bit, yeah, a little at least deal, warm, right? It was at least a warm seat, and then it heated up because they started the year how by losing, losing to Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, yeah. But then as the season went through. Notre Dame never lost a game. Michigan kept winning games, and yep. all of a sudden it was Harbaugh. I mean, we we were convinced. Remember, we were convinced uh-huh. Michigan was the best team in the I Big Ten. F- I really thought you they were. You cannot just throw that away. Every college football mind thought that Michigan was going to win that game versus in Ohio fact, State. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out a a hot take from Big Kurt a while back. I don't remember what week it was, but at one point I said, I think Michigan is the second best team in the country. Correct. We were both kind of banging that drum yeah. at that point. And then all of a sudden, yep. Ohio State, boom, Florida in the bowl game. And yeah. then it's kind of come back on khaki pants after that. Yep. And it's, the- which I still believe is. I, I know there are khaki pants, just intense haters. And sure. it's weird because it's like, it's like, it's like sushi, okay? I understand why people hate sushi. Okay. I get it. I understand sure. it. I myself like really like eating sushi. Huh. 
In this case, I get why people don't like Harbaugh, but in the end, I don't think he deserves that much vitriol that he gets in the... You know, for going 10-2, and two, no, he doesn't. Okay. All right, moving on. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. Jeffrey the Greek had them at 4-5 and five in conference, 6-6 six and six overall. Big Kurtz, 4-5 and five in conference, 6-6 six and six overall. That's a push. Push. That means you have. That means I have the victory. <laughs> so it is at five, three, and five overall. We're not going to, you know, spend too much time on that. We're going to talk about the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So they finish four and eight mm-hmm. overall, uh, three and six in the Big Ten. Not all four and eights are made the same. No. In uh, fact, that's what I have in my notes. Okay, go. They were never as bad as their record indicated early in the season. I know they weren't coached all that well early in the season. They turned that around. I think Scott Frost did a good coaching job this year. But, I mean, look how sloppy they were, right? It was was all turnovers, penalties, mental mistakes. They were poorly coached early on, right? But they were were losing games, but they weren't generally getting blown out, right? So the... Nebraska Cornhusker and they were fans to good listening teams. to this would not agree with that at all. Okay. what? Because you said poorly coached. They were what poorly coached, yeah. What their process would be, I can almost guarantee you this, is they were poorly coached by Mike Riley. Yeah. Because of Which that, is true. it took approximately six games to get that out of their DNA. Well, and I guess I'm not going to disagree with that. So, So you agree with both. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I mean, I'm just going to say you, this: you can't watch... I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth with Nebraska here overall because I feel that this season was a success. I kind and of a failure. Too. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I don't. Know, I don't exactly. By know. the end of the year, I don't think anybody wanted to play Nebraska. Right? They had kind of gotten their act together. They're very explosive offensively. Sure, they had a lot of holes on defense, but as an Iowa fan, did you feel great playing them the last game of the year? Did you? What was your confidence level going that game? It was a seven out of ten. Really? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I still felt that along the lines they just were not there. Yeah, and that's true. They weren't. So go back to back to the coaching thing for yep. a second. Um, we have gone on record as you know poking fun a little bit. Sure. At the coaching deities that are out there with you the know, demigod, the demigods. Yeah. And which we put Scott Frost. He's and, a demigod. And uh, Jeff Brome when we were talking. Brom's a, a demigod, yes. Yep. Um, we are of the thought process. If I could talk first, both disagree if, if you want. Go for it. Scott Frost is a very good coach. I think so. But I don't think there's enough there to point to him being some sort of generational coach that can nope. walk on water. Not yet. I mean, he, has, he hasn't proven that yet. He is. He's a got very, a lot to prove. Uh, that Okay. That's what we both believe. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The Parts that you really can poke at during the losing season and pretty much through the whole year was the the penalties. Oh, it was and, atrocious. And the early turnovers in the year. were just dumb mistakes, mental errors all over the field every that, game. But that's coaching. There, it is. But so, I I think there you you can't. I mean, you're not gonna you you're not gonna get a team on the straight and narrow immediately. It's a process, right? So yes. I, I think th- there is. I think I have to agree a little bit with with Husker fans. They were a poorly coached before team before, and it takes time to get out of that. So by the end of the year, they had cleaned all that stuff up. Okay, 
by by definition of the term clean it up to me means it wasn't happening at all there was still penalties well, no. and subpar defense being played by Nebraska by the end well, of the, the year well the defense I mean it was always going to be subpar they just don't have the the guys I don't think okay. on defense right now but the, they were averaging what 12 penalties a game yeah, through the was, first half of the season and then one of our favorite things to I mean, everyone's going to have how some penalties. high penalties Nebraska right. had as compared to Northwestern. Northwestern right. It was completely it was it, like the spectrum really should have been called Northwestern Nebraska. It was crazy. Um, so low point. Let's go low point. I got I got four written out. Oh, here boy. That could be okay. the low point. I, I do think Michigan is that's a what I have. Yep. Candidate. Yep. I also believe. Okay. OK. OK. So we agree. Michigan is yep. one of them. I think what, was- what do you believe another one would be? Um, let's see. So, um, boy, okay, I, I guess I, Colorado may, yep. may so maybe I have, Colorado. I have Colorado and Troy down. Colorado is a bitter rival of Nebraska. Yeah. That one stung. But I, I, I only Troy, say Colorado. Troy is a lower division team. You obviously expect to yeah. win that game. But Troy's a good program. I know that, and you know that, but... <clears throat> There was no Nebraska fan sh- that showed up at Memorial Stadium that day thinking that they were going to lose to Troy. Yeah, that's probably true. And, you know, at the time, we thought Colorado was pretty good, so I didn't make that much of it at the time. But then you look back at the end of the season, they weren't a very good team. So you but could, could throw you, Colorado could you in there. also not point out for – and, you know, Nebraska fans, let us know on Twitter, we're literally trying to walk through this to, to make sense of it. Could you not also put down Northwestern? I mean, they. Northwest, that was a close game. I don't have the score. What, what was the score of that one? Well, the score was 34 31 in overtime. If you could remember, okay. oh, Nebraska oh, that's right. Had that the way they, they put pissed away. that game away. That's they a, gave that's up right. 10 points in five minutes. Oh, that was a low point. Overtime. And then, okay, I mean, oh, that's, I'm looking that's at. Not, oh, and that, was, that yeah. was the last one they lost before they finally won a game. Correct. That was the low point right there. So you think that's low? Northwestern's it. Okay. You convinced me. Now, then you have the win versus Minnesota, yep. which. Would be on the scale of high points. Of it, it has it, to be, yeah. Conference um, win, yeah. And then Bethune Cookman, which is uh, a high point, but yeah, they, they, they win two point. in a row. My guess is most Nebraska fans would point to the Michigan State to. game, yeah. the nine to six. It was a snow game. Yep. There's guys doing snow angels after the. I mean, it 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 pretty much looked like they yeah. won the Big Ten championship after they won that game. I have that as my no doubt high point. So they're high as a kite. Understandably so. Yep. They felt great. Then they lose on a last-second field goal to Iowa. Is that – which I don't care what oh, – I don't care what elitist Nebraska so fans for, say that Iowa isn't their rival. Oh, it's a rival. It's a rival. Yeah. I have seen enough of it on Twitter, <laughs> and the, it's it's a rivalry. These these schools do not like each other. Yeah. They thought that, that the worm had turned. Yep. Then – there was the second and third quarter of the Iowa game where they got they got beat up mm-hmm. on the on the lines, mm-hmm. but then they come back. Yeah, a dumb fake field goal play, and come all the way back okay. to tie the game. At that point, Nebraska fans are like, "We are finishing the year five and seven. Yep, with three wins in a row, and with one of our wins being over Iowa. Yep, and then Iowa converts a fourth down play, kicks a field goal, and beats them. Ooh. You're trying to say." That's not in you the... You think that might be it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying... I guess the point is there were there were a lot of low points. Not And again, not to say that it was a 
a disaster of a season because they are pointing up right now. So if you're a Nebraska fan, you've got to be happy with what you saw. They are. Certainly by the end of the year, right? We know Nebraska fans are. Yeah. Uh, They've already sold out their spring game. Oh, yeah. yeah. 80,000 tickets. Um, With that being said, well, okay. First thing I want to say, Scott Frost, of anything that happened this year, Mm -hmm. what he deserves the most credit with is that when they were sitting at 0-6, this could have gone off the rails. I think we mentioned that. This, this could, get could really have wound ugly. up a 2-10 or 1-11 yeah, season with your only win being over Bethune-Cookman. Right. I mean, it was yeah. within the realm of possibility. Absolutely. The fact that the team obviously bought in and kept playing and working hard, to then they get the win over Minnesota. They get the win over Bethune-Cookman, yeah. Illinois, and then – Probably the thing that shows it even more is Michigan State. Yeah. Okay. So I give Scott Frost and the coaching staff a lot of props with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. On the glass half empty side of things, okay. your wins were over. Yeah. Minnesota, Bethune Cookman, Illinois, and a Michigan State team that was obviously like they barely turned around and beat uh, Rutgers right after that. Like, Yep, and, and and we should point out that Minnesota was not in a good place no. when they played uh, Nebraska. The uh, defensive coordinator change happened right after. Right after that, that's right. Correct. Yeah. So, so they had okay. I do, that has to be pointed out when you look at it. Does look it should, at how yeah. hot Nebraska is coming off the season, which is insane when you think about the fact that they only won four games. And I, I I'm sorry, but I do have to point out that those weren't impressive amazing wins that no they, that they it's about. a good point but adrian martinez is an electric quarterback their defense can't get any worse than it was <laughs> oh it can nah, it won't it, it but, could be illinois but right. but no it, it's only going to get better all right last and certainly least Oof. sorry i kind of was a low the, blow it was Rutgers, scarlet knights jeffrey the greek this this could be my most embarrassing. <laughs> really? Wow. Oh, let's hear it. Three and six in conference. Ooh. Five and seven overall. Okay. Do you remember? I five and seven. Wow. Yeah. Big Kurt. Oh nine in conference. Uh-huh. Three and nine yeah. overall. Oh and nine in conference. Yep. One eleven overall. To bring the final tally to six, three and five. Right. Six plus three. Yep. Plus five equals fourteen. Victory. Good job, buddy. Thank you. And you get a free Pilsner. I get a Shells Pils. Pils. Shells being a local brewery in New Ulm, Minnesota. I bought Kurt a six-pack of beer to celebrate his amazing achievement at beating me. Yeah, this is my celebration beer right here. In the downstairs athletic club cup. All right. Rutgers. Yeah. They are in the Big Ten. Yeah. We had a couple questions on Twitter this week. Oh, yeah. Why do we continue to deal with Rutgers as a team in the Big Ten? Yep. Um, which is and why harsh. Can, and why harsh. can't Rutgers be successful, which is a great question, probably yeah. to pursue in a different in cast. A different but cast. Um, looking at the 2018 season, I think the highlight and the low point are obvious to me, but I'll go ahead and let you. Start. Well, first, I want to tell a funny story. Prepping for the cast today, I was just going on the ESPN app on my phone to look at all the scores for all you know all three teams, and I was looking at Rutgers, and 
the first game that was listed was Ohio State. And I'm like, that wasn't the first game, no. And I'm looking through, and I refreshed and refreshed. They didn't even have the Texas State game listed. <laughs> Poor Rutgers. They're one game like, of the year. Give us Texas State. <laughs> Just give us Texas State. That was. Um, Texas State. So that's the highlight. They obviously. My my three and six, I, five and seven looks pretty darn good. Sure. Because if you can remember, looking back, mm-hmm. we saw a defense that was a junior and senior laden yeah. defense that had some talent. Yeah. And we were hearing good things about Arthur yeah. Sikowski. This was what brought the you're you're smirking at me. You're like laughing at me. I get but. We, there was a thought process, and also Rutgers went from I'm, I'm kind of making this up or pretty close, but one win to three wins, the previous something two like years. that. They, yeah, they were building yeah. up. Um, Chris Ash had come from a cradle of coaching experience that mm-hmm. would lend itself to yeah. improvement, mm-hmm. um, and then they get housed by Ohio State, sure, which we expected the next game, and we're like, okay, that that's gonna happen. Yep. It's time to rebound versus Kansas, and they get beat by Kansas, fifty-five to fourteen. And brother, obvious low that point was the there. That, that was the year. They packed it in. I mean, not not. I shouldn't say that, but they gave up four hundred yards rushing. If I recall, was it six turnovers they had? I, they were giving the ball away like like it was their job. And the defense that we thought was going to be pretty competitive looked absolutely atrocious. Uh, missing assignments, blown coverages everywhere. It was embarrassing how bad their defense looked early in the season. But I was proud with the way their defense turned it around mid-year and actually finished up pretty well. So we didn't really go through, maybe we'll do it next year, but we didn't really give grades, okay? For Rutgers at, I'm going to say, sorry, but right around the Illinois-Maryland part of the year when they lost – 38 to 17 Illinois mm-hmm. and 34 to 7 Maryland. At that point, they are sitting at 1 and 6. That's an F. The grade was they're, an they're, F. Their their grade was an F. Yep. But then they battled, man. They, they did. Almost beat Northwestern. They they hung with Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay, they got housed by Michigan, but then they hung with Penn State. Yeah. And they hung with Michigan State. The Absolutely. point I'm trying to make is Ash did not lose the team. No, he did not. I've got to give him and they did all of those things that you just mentioned with an absolutely putrid offense, really, from, from beginning to end. They just didn't have any playmakers. They had some solid running backs, but they just could not throw the football. And my thought process is, obviously, ultimately everything lands on the coach, head coach, position coaches, which is also under the head coach. You would expect them to have a better quarterback in the position. But with that being said you've looked at enough film on the guy to bring him onto campus. You expect them to play better than what Arthur Sitkowski played this year. Their quarterback play was historically bad. I was going to say the quarterback play, just the passing game in general is, I, I really can't remember a worse one. Not only did they not throw touchdowns or yards, they put gasoline on the fire by throwing interceptions at a breakneck speed. And, and, and actually up to that point, up to the one and six point. Then finally, right around Northwestern, they didn't turn the ball over at a shockingly yeah. amount sure. anymore. Michigan just shocked an autumn. That's yeah, you know, that's that, that, that is what it was. But 
that was the difference down the stretch. So with that being said, I upgrade them from an F to either a D or D minus. Yeah, I was going to say D. D. A D on the season. A, sure. A solid D. Like yeah. if it was a employer view, they're like, hey, you got a DUI halfway through the year, but you didn't quit. Right. You, you, you had a couple sales. You learned a few things. Congratulations. And because of that, I honestly, I kind of applaud the Rutgers athletic department for not shit canning ash. It's, yeah. it's actually good that they held on to him. I think so. I mean, I, I, they were pointed up at the end of the season. Let's just see what they do next year. Hopefully uh, our Turk can develop a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm I'm hoping that they can get things on track. I'm 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 pulling for you, Rutgers. I think we've me and you have kind of become like silent Rutgers fans. Well, I can sympathize with them. I mean, yeah, well, I know how how horrible it is to be that bad. But I know that feeling. I want them to be good. There's more to fall back on as an Illinois fan in the history of the program. That yeah, Rutgers I guess so ever has, you know, if you want to go back to Buckus and Red Grange, sure. We've got that. The eighties was all yeah, right. All right. It wasn't bad. Doing it, so, all right. Oh, sad, man. That gets us. We're done. We're done with the post. All views. the post views are done at that point. Yeah. So we got to circle back and finish up recruiting. Yes. Um, you know, not as much to talk about on the second. I will not period. be joining the next podcast. That'll just yep. be big. It'll just be me. <laughs> Congratulations. But that should be the next one. Yeah. So, Little pot or a little recruiting, big recruiting, I should say. A couple, and there was some movement. There is some things to talk about. There's other things to talk about there. Maybe we'll come up with a crazy topic to just kind of riff on after that. But uh, something like that, right? Yeah, yep. With that being said, we really, really appreciate you joining, um, picking up new listeners. It's been fun. Oh yeah, but we want more. We're greedy. Please forward it on. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I can be found on Twitter at Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. I am on Twitter at B1GKURT. Thank you very, very much.